Good morning. How you guys doing today? Awesome. My name is Andrew. For those of you who do not know me, I want to welcome everybody here today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Again, I want to thank everybody that subscribed to our YouTube channel. Man, we are well over a thousand subscribers. So thank you so much for following us. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Come on, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us out. And then also, hey, if you can like us, come on, you can, you like, like us, like the like button, that would help us out also. So, uh, man, uh, man, we are wrapping up a series today called Shaken. Before we get into it, uh, again, I want to reiterate from the announcements, there are tables in the lobby. Uh, Jimmy, she is the redhead. You cannot miss her. She is standing under the impact sign. Uh, that is uh, your way to sign up uh, to be part of one of our serve teams. We have 18 different ways that you can serve here at Passionate Life Church. And so, man, we encourage you to sign up, uh, but also get connected to one of our life groups. It's going to be an awesome semester, uh, summer semester to get connected, all right? I am not going to review. We have a lot to get into today, and I have a feeling um, God's got even more for this service than first service. Uh, amen. Come on. This is going to be, uh, I believe this is going to be the extended version this morning. Uh, man, I, I just feel like God's got so much to, to tell us today, and I'm so excited. And so let's recap really, really quick, and then we'll get into it. Uh, if you missed any of the parts of this series, you can go online and watch them on our YouTube channel. And so we've been talking about what happens when God shakes the earth, right? What happens when God shakes the earth? All of our lives have been shaken up, right? All of our lives over the last year, uh, our lives have been shaken up. And, and what we've been looking at is what season are we in? What, what season are we in right now? Because when we know what season we're in, it brings clarity for where God wants to take us. And we've decided and discovered that we're in the season of the struggle bus, right? We're all on a struggle bus. We're struggling with different things in our life. But as long as we have the right bus driver, we're going to be okay, right? We can struggle, but as long as hope is driving our bus, we'll be fine. And we'll get to the place where God has called us to get to. Amen? Amen. And then we've been talking about maturity is the goal, right? Maturity is the goal. God wants us to grow. The reason why we go through certain struggles in our life is to make us stronger, that we would mature in all that God has in store for our life. And then last week, we talked about worry. Worry is one of the things that can literally stop us from all that God has called us to. And then today, today we're going to be talking about complaining. Some of you last week told me, you complained to me about, we're talking about complaining, that you were going to skip church this week. I'm glad you're here today, okay? I'm glad you're here today. Uh, man, worry and complaining are so serious. It's two things that, that can stop us from maturing in all that God has in store for our life. It's because worry tells God, you're not doing a very good job. And complaining tells God, I could do better. Worry tells God, you're not doing a very good job with my life. And complaining says, I can do better without you. And just to remind you, something I've been saying over the last couple of weeks is that the blessing and the favor, living in the blessing and the favor of God is not guaranteed. Living in his grace is guaranteed. Living in God's love is guaranteed. Living in God's forgiveness. Man, when we ask for forgiveness, 
He forgives us of our sins. That is guaranteed. But living in his blessing, living in the promises of God, living in the favor of God is not guaranteed. That is up to us. That is up to us, the way we, we obey God. So come on, let's, let's pray, and then we'll get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person that's in this room today and watching us online. It is not by mistake that they're here today. And so we ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you'd open our hearts, that you'd open our minds to receive everything that you have for us. We just come against the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We just bind and rebuke him away from our hearts and our minds right now in Jesus' name. God, we just pray right now that we'd receive everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now, none of me today and all of you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Let's jump right into it today. Philippians 2, 13 through 15. And this is the Apostle Paul, and he says this, for God is working in you. I want to build you up today before I go through six points. I got six points today, okay? And these six points are going to smack us around a little bit, all right? So I want to build you up today. I want to build you up before we get into the nuts and bolts, all right? God is working in you. God is working in you. He's working around us. He's going before us. God is working in you. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it, but God is working on our behalf right now. Giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Listen, our flesh likes to worry. Our flesh likes to complain. Okay, listen, your pastor likes to worry and complain. Like sometimes complaining feels good. You know what I'm saying? Like, But listen, listen to me, Get through the power of the Holy Spirit that is living in us, we're going to do the things that please God because he's given us the power to overcome worry and complaining. Come on, we're going to leave here today. We're going to understand how dangerous complaining is to our spiritual lives. Do everything. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Do something. Right? That's actually how we read it. Do some things without complaining and arguing. No, no. Do, every, do everything without complaining. Like everything, everything. Yeah, everything without complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Last week, we talked about how worry dulls our heart. Complaining dulls our light. Worry dulls our heart, but complaining dulls our light. We're supposed to be the light of the world. And when we're arguing with each other, especially on social media, when we're arguing with each other and complaining, it dulls our light. We're supposed to be a bright light to all the people that we come in contact with. And when we're complaining and arguing, it literally dulls our light. We are living in a dark world of perverse and crooked people. But for some of those crooked and perverse people, we will be the only Jesus they ever see. And if we're acting and talking just like them, how are we supposed to show the light of Jesus to them? Do everything without complaining 
and arguing. Why? Because God has called us to be a bright light in this dark world. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be that bright light, and we're going to overcome worry, and we're going to overcome complaining. We're going to talk about six things that can happen when we complain. Okay? Six things that can happen when we complain. Point number one, when we complain, we feel hopeless. When we complain, it literally speaks hopelessness into the current situation. Listen, I know, I know sometimes it feels good to complain. You feel good to complain about your boss or your coworker or about your spouse. But what you are doing, you are literally speaking hopelessness over your marriage. You're speaking hopelessness into your job. You're speaking hopelessness. You complain about money. You're speaking hopelessness over your finances. When we complain, we are speaking hopelessness into our current situation. Today, we're, we're going we're to talk about one story, and it's a big story, but we're going to talk about one story today, and it's the story of the children of Israel. Now, they are in slavery, okay? And, and this generation that Moses and Aaron are speaking to have never known anything but slavery. Think about that for a moment. You don't know anything but being a slave. And all of a sudden, Aaron and Moses show up and they start speaking hope into their situation. They start saying things like, listen, God has given you a hope and a future. He has not called us to be slaves forever. Listen, some of you need to start believing that God hasn't called you to be a slave to addiction. God hasn't called you to be a slave to shame. God hasn't called you to be a shame to guilt, a slave to guilt. He hasn't called you to be a slave. No, no, he set you free and they start speaking hope. And so they actually go before the Egyptians who are enslaving them and Pharaoh. And they say, look, you need to let us go and worship our God for three days in the wilderness. Else God's going to send plague. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, right. And so he makes it even harder on the Israelites. He makes it even harder. They, they beat them more. They, they take their straw away. They, they, they keep, uh, you know, the requirements the same. And so they complain to Moses and Aaron because they've made things worse by giving them hope. When we complain, we speak hopelessness into our situation. And so God ends up sending plagues and, and Pharaoh ends up letting them go, right? He ends up letting them go. And so they're, they're moving, right, towards the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's like, oh man, I made a mistake. We just let our, our free workforce leave. Let's go get them. And so now they come to an impossible situation. They come to a dead end. They're standing at the Red Sea and they're seeing this, this army chasing after them, okay? Point number two today, when we complain, it stops us from moving forward. We talked about this last week, how worry is like a trap and stops us from moving forward to all that God has in store for us. And it's the same thing when we complain. It stops us from moving forward. Let's look at Exodus 14, 11 through 12. They said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? 
Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Remember last week we talked about worry creating fake backstories, right? That, that cause stress and lead us into depression, right? These fake backstories that, that actually never happen. This is what the Israelites are doing. They're creating these fake worry backstories, right? About being killed and dying, right? And they're bringing this up to Moses. Well, look, we told you this was going to happen. How dare you give us hope? Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You see what complaining does to us? Complaining wants us to go back to slavery, wants us to go back to shame, wants to go, us to go back to sin, wants us to go back to addiction. It, it, this is what complaining can do. It, it keeps us from moving forward. Let's continue. So Moses has this great speech. Okay, this is, a, this is a great speech. He says this, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Okay, great speech by Moses, right? In this moment. Okay, look at, look at what the Lord says. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying? Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Like, like, I think there's, sometimes we're just like, oh, Lord, save me. Oh, Lord, do this. Oh, Lord, move on my behalf. And God's just like, I'm waiting for you to actually move. Shut up. Stop whining. Stop crying about your current situation and move forward. Like, Moses has this great speech. God's like, oh, fine. Okay, great. I mean, I, absolutely not what I want my people to do. But anyways, like move forward. Like, like stop whining. Like stop sitting in your misery. You see, some of misery loves company. Some of them, we kind of like the misery. We kind of like it. That's like, there's some of us today, listen, the reason why you haven't gotten your breakthrough yet, the reason why you haven't seen God do what you thought he should do or what he's spoken to you to do is because you're not moving forward. You're standing still. And now, listen to me. There's some things that, that have happened to some of you that are justified, okay? That, that were beyond your situation. Like you had no control over them, okay? But our current situation isn't going to get any better if we just stand still and do nothing. Because the moment that the Israelites start to move, right? The moment that Moses starts to move, he raises his hand and the Red Sea parts. Listen to me. Some of you, the moment you start moving forward, you get rid of complaining and you start moving forward again. God is going to do a breakthrough in your life. He's going to do a miracle in your life. He's going to part the Red Sea in your life. Just start moving. So he parts the Red Sea. They walk across the sea. And then as soon as the, the Egyptian army gets in the Red Sea, God dumps it on them, okay? They celebrate, great. Then a little while later, right? Probably like a day later, right? They come to this, this pool. 
Point number three, complaining can keep us in our bitterness. Complaining can keep us in our bitterness. Again, there's some things that have happened in our past that are beyond our control. And for some of us, we keep complaining about that one thing or those two things. And when we keep complaining about those one or two things, it continues to bring this bitterness up in us. And we're just living in bitterness. We can't shake this bitterness. Some of you, you keep complaining about your past divorce or your past failed relationships. And God can't move you on. God can't bring you another person to spend the rest of your life with. It's because you can't let go what God has asked you to let go. And you keep living in this bitterness. Complaining keeps bringing up this bitterness. Today, some of you, listen, some of you, you need to write whatever you're bitter about on a piece of paper. You need to stick it to the cross and say, in Jesus' name, I am not going to be bitter. I'm not going to complain about this thing any longer because Jesus says on that cross that he's going to. Exodus 15, 22 through 23. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in, the de- in this desert for three days without finding any water. I think that's important for us just to, to hone in on, without finding any water. It doesn't mean they didn't have any water, okay? But what was happening is they were letting worry seep into their hearts and their minds, right? It has been three days. We're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna, we're going to die. We're going to dehydrate and we're all going to die, right? This is what worry does. It, it, it creeps into our hearts and creates worst case scenarios. Everybody's going to die of thirst, right? When they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter, okay? So they came to this bitter place in their life, right? And they had a real need. They were had a real need. They were desperate for for water, okay? They had a real need. But they came to this place of bitterness. And, and for some of us today, we need to come to this place and face our bitterness today. We need to face our bitterness today. Let's continue with the story. Then the people complained. See how that works? Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. This is a type and shadow of Christ in this story. Jesus was crucified on what? A piece of wood. And it's when Moses is obeying the Lord by taking this piece of wood. Like, this is weird. Like, wood can't make water pure, right? But Jesus can. But God can. And it was from his active obedience of putting this piece of wood into the water that makes it from bitter to pure. Listen, pure. When we give Jesus our bitterness, he takes our bitterness and he purifies our heart. When we see this in this story, he takes something that's bitter and he makes it pure. It was there at Merah that the Lord set before them the following decrees as a standard to test their faithfulness to him, to test their faithfulness to him, to test their faithfulness to him, to test their faithfulness to him. 
It is God's right to test his people. It is not our right to test God. Actually, there's one thing that God says you can test me in, and that's your money. This is the only thing that he says, yeah, you can test me in your money because I know money can capture your heart. Jesus calls it a God. He says, yeah, so yeah, you, you can test me. You, you give me 10% and I'll open, I'll open heaven over your life. It's the only thing we can test God on. Everything else, nope. And it is God's right to test our faithfulness to him. And, and, and here's the thing, there's a blessing behind that. Man, there's such a blessing behind that, that we serve a father who wants to test us, who wants to grow us, who wants to mature us. And we see because of Moses's, because Moses is obedient in this moment, look what happens in the next part of the story. If you will listen carefully to the voice, come on, internalize this today. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Man, we serve the great physician. We serve a God who wants to heal every single part of us. We serve a God who heals. After leaving Mara, after leaving bitterness, okay? After leaving bitterness, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. Guys, this, this is the byproduct of faithfulness, okay? It wasn't even this bitter pool that's turned to pure. That wasn't even the blessing. God's like, because of your faithfulness, because of your obedience, because you're going to trust me, I'm going to present you with a resort of 12 swimming pools and palm trees. Like, God, that's the blessing. The blessing wasn't even this little pool that had stale, you know, gross water in it. That was just a test. Some of you are in this testing period. And God wants you to see beyond this little testing period because he's got 12 pools and 70 palm trees and a huge, massive life of blessing and promise for you. But you got to get by this little bit of pool. We got to stop complaining because complaining draws up this bitterness in our heart. Point number four when we complain, it can create an, an unthankful heart towards what God has already done. When we complain, it creates this ungrateful heart. It, it's almost like this blessing eraser where we forget about all that God has done in our past. When we complain about maybe what we're currently going through. It creates this unthankful heart towards what God has already done. And so God parts the Red Sea, right? He, he brings his people, you know, to this resort of 12 pools and, and palm trees. Like, like they see that God is providing. They complain about bread and he creates the supernatural bread called manna for them every single day, okay? And then they're like, well, we don't have any meat. Exodus 16, two through three. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. 
If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. Guys, you see what complaining does? Complaining tries to draw us back to slavery. Tries to draw us back to being enslaved by the things of this world. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. The good old days, right? The good old days. But in slavery where they got beaten, right? But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. This is what complaining does. It creates an unthankful, ungrateful heart for what God has done. And listen to me. Listen to me, Christian. Okay? Listen to me, church. God has already done everything he needs to do for us. He doesn't need to do anything else. He sent his son, Jesus who died on a cross for us, who said it was finished. And guess what he left us with? He left us with the Holy Spirit. Like, like God doesn't have to do anything else for us. He's already given us the greatest gift that we can ever receive. And the other thing that complaining does is that it makes us hungry for the wrong things. It makes us hungry for the wrong things. Now, God eventually provided this is how good God is. Like the grace of God is all over the Old Testament. He eventually gives them quail and he gives them meat to eat, supernatural bread, you know, you know, brings quail for them to eat and meat. And so he does eventually provide for us. But man, when we complain, it makes us hungry for the wrong thing. It makes us hungry for the wrong things and it creates an ungrateful and unthankful heart in us. Point number five, point number five, the fifth thing that complaining can do, it can make us impatient, and impatient can lead to disobedience. When we complain, it just compounds our impatience. And when we're impatient, we can make really dumb decisions. And so here's, here's the struggle with us and God when it comes to patience and God's timing. We are what's called finite beings, okay? Which means we're trapped inside of time. Like everything has a time, right? When we wake up, when we eat breakfast, you know, we've got snack time and lunch time and dinner time and work time, and, right? We, every night time, bedtime, right? We, we, we're trapped in, we're, we're finite beings that are trapped inside of time, okay? Everything has a time and we worship a God who is infinite who is outside of time, who is not on our timeline. And so as finite beings, there's this struggle of like, God, it's been three days, right? And I'm not a CEO of a company yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, we, we get so impatient. Why? Because we are finite beings and we have to understand that we serve a God who is outside of time. And we have to wait on his timing. But it is so important to wait on his timing. Because when we get impatient, we start complaining about the current situation that we're in, right? And we go outside of God's timing. Some of you who are single, you've been impatient about God bringing you a spouse. And so you like to go outside of the will of God. And you like to pick your own spouse. And you keep ending up with dud after dud after dud. Maybe you should stop picking your spouse and let God pick them.
we're so impatient. And it's because we're finite beings. But we need to understand we serve an infinite God. That's why there's a passage that says a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years to God. It's, it's just an example. He lives outside of time. And so Moses, and we're not even told how long Moses is gone, okay? It literally could have been five minutes, okay? But he goes up the mountain, right? He goes up the mountain and he has this amazing, like the best time ever with God. Like God is showing his glory and, 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 and God is like literally taking his finger of fire and like carving out like commandments. Like, like I mean, Moses is just like watching all of this, right? Like what amazing moment Moses is having with the Lord and he's experiencing his glory. And it's just this all command. Yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Well, meanwhile, the people are at the bottom of the mountain and we're not told how long this took them become impatient, okay? It could literally have been like five minutes. Oh, Moses is gone. Exodus 32, verse one, let's look at it. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow. Like, fellow? Their leader, like appointed by God. You know, we don't know what happened to this fellow. You know, who is this fellow, Moses? <laughs> who brought us here? Like he's some stranger, right? Like, like somehow they got here magically by some stranger, right? And it's just like they're losing their minds, right? It, because they're bored. Right? Like, like they're bored. And some of us, we get so impatient and we start to complain out of boredom. And I'm telling you right now, that's a dangerous place to be because we never want to go outside of the will of God. Because in that outside of the will of God, we can make really stupid decisions. And we're going to see this really dumb decisions that the Israelites make next. Let's continue the story. So Moses comes down. Okay, comes down with the mountain. He's got the Ten Commandments. He sees chaos, right? I mean, the people are just going buck wild. I mean, just nuts. They've lost their minds, right? And he just he throws the, the Ten Commandments down, right? And, and he just thought, he, Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control. Much of the amusement of their enemy. Did you know when we give in to worry and complaining, Satan is just laughing at us? I, I want that image in your head the next time you complain. That, that the enemy, Satan and his demons, are literally laughing at our place when we give in to worry and we give in to complaining. Because this is what the enemy knows, is that we're now stepping outside of the will of God. That we are stopping ourselves from moving forward. That's why Satan brings things into our life to, to worry about over and over again. Here, here's something to complain about. Here's something to complain about. And listen, are there things to be worried and complain about in our world? Yes, absolutely. But last week when we talked about it, worrying and complaining never makes anything better. And Satan is laughing at us because he sees the power that is in us. The power of the Holy Spirit that can overcome anything in this world. And we're not using it. We're not tapping into it. And we're just giving in 
to the strategies and the attack of the enemy when we start worrying and complaining about things in our life. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, all of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. So those are the three. Okay, I want to stop there for a moment. Last summer, when um, the shutdown happened and, and the pandemic started, and we had no idea what was happening. And, and uh, I just really felt like the Lord had called us to, okay, we need to shut down and we just need to figure out, you know, what is happening. And, 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 and so it was week after week after week. And, and um, I'll just be honest with you. I complained a lot during that shutdown time. And I, came, I complained a lot to the Lord. Okay. I started to really dislike Sunday. Okay. Staring at myself in a TV screen every Sunday was not healthy for me. Okay, and so I was getting angry. I was getting frustrated with the Lord. I would take bike rides on Sunday and just bike by myself and complain to God. Some of you are like, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> and I was, I was riding my bike. I was riding my bike and the Lord just stopped me. I was just like in mid-complaint. Mid, mid and, and, and the Lord just stopped me. And he said, Andrew, are you on my side? I was like, yeah, the pastor. He's like, no, 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 no. Are you with me? Are, are you with me? And I think sometimes we like to reverse that, right? Say, God, are you, God, are you with me? Or are you on my team? Are you on my side? Right? That's not how it works. God's like, no, no, no. Are you on my side? Are you with me? And I said, okay, uh, yeah, God, I'm with you. He said, okay, well, we'll do something. Stop whining and complaining and do something. Pick a date. You hate, you hate this? Pick a date. Pray about Ask me. Pick a date. Get together with your staff. Figure it out. Pick a date. We're going to open the church back up. Okay. So that's what we did, right? Like we spent about 11 weeks shut down and we, you know, Pentecost Sunday, man, we opened up the church again and opened up the doors and, and man, God has gone before us ever since and he, he's blessed us ever since. And, and, and here's the thing, like, like some of us are like, God, where are you? God's like already there. He just wants us to move forward and do something for him because he's gone before us, right? Remember, he's on our side. He's going before us. He's always working in us and through us and around us. We, not, we might not be able to feel it or see it, but he's doing it. And many times he just needs us to walk out our faith, walk out our obedience and watch what he's going to do. Moses told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each of you Take your sword and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. Hey, if you're new to Passionate Life Church, thanks for coming today. <laughs> the Lord asked me to preach on um, scriptures that I don't want to preach on, okay? But really, I struck like that really, like, I got to talk about this passage. You're like, yeah, it's going to be great. Like, really? Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. Let's continue. 
The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. And so basically, the Lord's like, all right, who's on my team? Who's on my side? And there was 3,000 people there like, uh-uh, we don't want to follow the Lord. We want to worship this golden calf. I was like, okay. You see, listen, our disobedience can have severe consequences. And I am thankful that we live in the New Testament era, okay? Come on, thankful for Jesus, okay? That we're not like leaving this place as, all right, get your swords, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> go through the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like, thank you, Jesus, that we can just pray for people, right? <laughs> if you're new, please come back next week. It's going to be... <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you have earned a blessing. Guys, living in the favor and blessing of God is not automatic. We actually have to be faithful. We actually have to obey and follow Jesus. And when we do, man, there's blessing and favor that follow, but we actually have to obey him. Our disobedience can have severe consequences. And complaining can cause those severe consequences. Even though we just think it's a little thing, or, oh, man, it's, we can't let Satan get a foothold. When we let him get a foothold, man, he just begins to open that door to other things in our Lies. Complaining is serious. I want us to understand when we complain and worry, it is serious to God. It can stop us from all that he's called us. Point number six, our last point today. Complaining can lead to missed opportunities from God. When we're grateful to God, when we're thankful for God, right? When we obey and we're being faithful, it literally opens, God opens doors in our lives. But when we complain, complaining can close them. It can, man, it can have us miss opportunities that God wants to open our lives because we're stuck in complaining. So they, it's about two years now. It's two years. They've been wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, right? They've complained, but God's blessed them. He, you know, he, he just continues to do miracles in their life because he's a good God. He's a graceful God. And he finally gets them on the brink of the front in two years. Think about that. Two years. If you were faithful and obedient for the next two years, and God said, yeah, you're going to struggle, you're going to go through things, but in two years, man, I'm going to bring everything that I have in store for you. I mean, come on, two years. Like, God brought them to the brink of their promised land. So they send 12 spies in, and the, the spies come back, and they're like, this place is awesome. It's wonderful. It is, man, we serve a wonderful God. It's beautiful. You should see the fruit. It's a land of milk and honey. Wonderful. Awesome. Can't believe it. One thing though, there's giants that live there. Anything that you're going to do great for God, there's going to be a struggle and there's going to be a battle. Satan's just not going to let you walk into everything that God has called you to. You're going to actually have to fight for it. And so they see the blessings of God. And so many of us, we see the blessings of God. We just don't want to put the energy into fighting for it. Man, that was good. 
And so these 12 spies come back. Let's finish up here in the story in Numbers 14, 1 through 4. Then the whole community began weeping out loud, and they cried all night. I mean, seriously? All night long? <clears throat> Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If, we, if only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, why is the Lord taking us to this country? Only to have us die in battle. Our wives and our little ones will be carried away to plunder. Here's the worry backstory, right? It's bringing us deeper into anxiety and depression, right? All of us, their wives are going to be taken off. Their kids are going to, like, they've allowed worry to set into their heart. And many times what? Worry is the root of our complaining. Wouldn't it have been better for us just to return to Egypt? Let's choose a new leader. Let's just go back. Moses is mean. He's a mean leader. Let's choose someone different who's less mean, who will take us back to slavery. They sound like my seven-year-old. Like, Let's pick a different church. This pastor's mean. He actually wants me to grow and like mature and not everything God has in store for me. <laughs> Here's the seriousness of, of, of complaining and worry. Is that God was fed up. And only two people, Joshua and Caleb, were, were 38 years later, we're able to step foot into that promised land. Not even Moses gets to experience the promised land. Every single one in that generation that complained about their wives and their kids not seeing the promised land, they all died. And it was actually their children that got to experience the promised land. Guys, this is the seriousness of worry and complain, complaining. And I know it's been so normalized in our culture to do this. And it's because it's a weapon from Satan to stop us from moving forward in all that he has in store for our lives. Listen to me. God is working right now. He's working in your heart. He's working in your life. He's going before you. He's working around you today. Listen, some of you, you need to write down something that, 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 that brings bitterness into your heart, some past pain or shame. You need to write it down on a piece of paper. You need to stick it to the cross and you say, in Jesus' name, I'm letting go of this bitterness and I'm going to step into the promises of God. Some of you today, you, you, you've recognized that you've been standing still and your next step is to move forward and all that God has in store for your life. Come on, we serve a good God whose work, he's always working. But sitting on your couch, eating Doritos, watching Netflix, you actually have to get up and move forward and step into all that God has in store for our lives. He's got great things in store for us, church. But we gotta stop complaining about our past and worrying about our future and know that we serve a good God who's taking care of both.
Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I I need to today. I need to to make that commitment. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've drifted from the truth, and and I've been swallowed up by the things of this world, and I just need to recommit my life to Jesus, and and I'm going to follow God, and I'm going to be faithful. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you today, slip up a hand. I just I just want to pray with you today. I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. Just slip up your hand. Yes, I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You can just slip it. You can put it right down. Yep. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we would all say this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.